Welcome to the After Actions Debrief, serving up only straight shooters on today's topics. We are to the point with no mixers and no chasers. Now sit back, grab a drink, and tune in with your bartender host, JT and D-Rudd. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome back to episode 005 of the After Action Debrief podcast. Um, Real quick, I want to make sure everybody goes and check out uh, our website, www.aadbrief.com. Once again, it is aadbrief.com. And uh, check out some tees, grab a tee, decal, hat, beanie. Anything that's there, just go ahead and grab it and use code D, the letter D as in Delta, after 15 for 15% off. All right, so now that hopefully I got some of my bills paid, I got my brother, Nate, out of Houston back one more time. Uh, He was with us um, during the riots. Uh, We had a podcast on that especially uh, with him being a black police officer standing on the opposite side of uh, BLM and dealing with all of their uh, rhetoric, as well as Antifa and the huge riots and things, the protests that they had down there. So I brought him back because that's my brother. We, we uh, worked together over in Afghanistan for a while. He's always going to be my brother. And most definitely, uh, we are Marines. So once Marine, always Marines, tight family. Yet. <laughs> Say what's up to him, Nate. Salute. What's up? Good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, how y'all doing out there? How you doing, bro? Man, I'm I'm golden. Uh, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and then we got Christmas coming up. And I mean, I got I'm looking forward to it. Uh, actually, put a um, we put a we put a workout gym, pretty much half a gym set, squat rack, and a bench set. And I bought a pulley and all of that good stuff. And since COVID hit, I, I fell off big time after like all of the crazy surgeries that I had. I kind of fell off on that shit. Oh, that was my Shopify going off. Kind of fell off on some of that shit uh, after all the surgeries that I was having over at the VA because I had that mentality of like, why the fuck am I going to work out? I'm just going right back to the hospital and having another surgery in like three weeks. So what's the purpose? Yeah. So I um right now I just kind of... Uh, kind of just just uh bought that since they're not going to do any more of my surgeries for a while i kind of just bought that and was like i'm just going to jump back on it and here i am hey so um, physical health is great man you need to take care yes of it. most definitely bro because i remember dog how we used to kill it over in uh afghan and then we came home and 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 i killed it while i was over here and it's I think crazy we more like movies in afghanistan though Oh yeah, oh yeah, the, yeah. We, we, we were we take over every piece of equipment we could. Doesn't matter. You done with your set, bro? No. Well, you are now. Well, you are now. This shit is ours. <laughs> and what's crazy? What's crazy about it is, is that like every. I mean, we had uh, airborne was there. Who was the first hundred and first? We all became friends with them and started lifting with them and shit. And once they left, that, I don't know who that tenth mountain or something like that showed up. And they weren't really, they were working out, but they weren't really working out. So we just bullied them off their shit. Much respect to them, but we still took it over, though. (laughs) You know, what's yours is mine. What's mine is mine. What's mine is mine. Exactly. (laughs) But they, hey, 
shout out to all of them good group good people um other than that bro besides the the website and and trying to get the uh the clothing line jumped off because the podcast came first and then the clothing line came came next right um was a was a complete blessing a, a lot of people a lot of sales a lot of support and i really i woke up and i actually how it kicked off and i and and it's a sad way on how it kicked off because I ended up going to Georgia to visit my dad and um, going out there. I went out there, of course, I went out there actually for a funeral. And then I uh, took time to visit my pops and my pops was like, yo, you still planning on uh, running a clothing company or something of the sort? And I was like, yeah, what's happening? He's like, all right, here, I'm going to invest in you because I believe in you and I want you to kick it off. And I mean, the rest has just been history. And I mean, I feel like it all happened for a reason. You know, I needed to go back home and visit my family. And now it's like, you know, and, and be there for the funeral because it was my great aunt, which was my grandmother's twin. And she's now, she lived a great life. And she's now just an angel watching over me as I'm trying to uh, continue to make her proud as well as the rest of my family. It's a blessing, dog. Right, definitely. Congratulations on doing that. I've been, you know, supporting you here in Houston, uh, you know, passing out some of the, 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 the merch and wearing it myself. Hell so yeah. yeah, I got to support you, man. I'm proud of you and I'm, I'm glad you're doing your thing. I appreciate that. And I know you got some, some stuff in the, on the back burner that you're trying to work on. We ain't, we're not going to put that out there just yet, unless you want to. No, no, we're looking forward yeah, to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't give away the ideas just yet, but yeah. if you're in Houston or anywhere else, you got to look out for it because it's going to come and it's going to be a straight up boomer. Um, Now, uh, here recently, I know you know, uh, I ended up catching COVID. I ended up getting the, uh, and now they didn't change the name. Everybody got a little joke. It's either the Chinese virus, the Kung flu, or we call it the CCP virus. Whatever, it's COVID-19. I ended up getting it, kicked it in two weeks by the grace and blessing of God for me having a great immune system. And to be, hey, to be 100% honest with you, bro, I just got my smell back. And I had COVID at the end of November and I just got my smell back. Didn't lose my taste, but I damn sure lost my smell. And that shit sucked during Thanksgiving, not being able to smell any of the food for a very long time but the best part about it is is that <laughs> i mean people were farting around me left and right and i ain't smell a damn thing so i guess that's kind of <laughs> cool in a sense yeah but yeah. but um the the thing about it is is that uh that stuff most definitely being isolated and in my room granted you know as marines they sit back and they say a lot of everybody says adapt and overcome adapt and overcome and i mean most definitely that is something that we had to do here at my house was adapt and overcome but i think the biggest thing that took toll on me was the isolation and just being to myself i mean i got a damn dog service dog that i couldn't even really be around because of the chances of him being around my son or around my girl and then passing it to them and by the the grace of god you know my girl and my my son didn't get it you know what I'm saying? So it was like that was a that was a huge blessing because, I mean, she got tested twice and it really sucked because she had to miss out on work. And uh, that was just a pain in the ass, bro. Yeah. But going through that, it kind of brings us to what I wanted to talk about today, which is uh, we're going to call this one. It really takes a village. 
and talking, uh, speaking on uh, mental health and veteran mental health, as well as uh, transitioning out of the, 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 the military for us, transitioning out of the Marine Corps, and uh, whether it be for four years or 20 years, and uh, just, you know, switching a whole lifestyle in a sense. And I uh, was listening to a doctor speak, I think out of Virginia on a uh, different podcast. And some things that he said, I really had absolutely no clue about, which is, uh, you know, depression. Of course, we all know depression does not discriminate. And uh, a lot of it can play a part as far as childhood experiences. A lot of those things I had no clue uh, could play a part in and in, in making, you know, PTSD, anxiety, depression, things like that, even worse. So uh, you, I want to hear, I, wa- I want your take, especially as far as transitioning, what it was like when you transitioned out from the Marine Corps and into the civilian world. Oh, wow. Um, well, I think I, I think I had a good support system upon getting out, even though we were, or I say we're dealing with my demons, um, you know, moved to Houston one of my good friends in the Marine Corps, his father got me a job. So instantly I was already set up with uh, having work, which is a blessing right. in itself because getting out and trying to, you know, get in where you fit in is, is pretty hard. That's um, a pain in the ass. <laughs> definitely, definitely pretty hard. So uh started working for his father, um, you know, manual labor, hard work every day, you know, uh, with the mention of using tools and swinging hammers, man, it, it was, it was good. In the beginning, it was really hard because I didn't have much to talk about with the kids or the, the men, I want to call them men in my age bracket, right? Um, most of them were, you know, college boys or country boys, which I, I mean, I get along with everybody, but their experiences were a hundred percent different from what we were totally it's totally different bro when you talk and i and i mean what you just said right there is like when you talk to somebody and you're around a whole bunch of people who don't understand military jargon especially marine corps jargon and 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 stuff that we used to say ditties and things like that they you get that weird look like they look at you weird like what the fuck you talking about so (laughs) i totally feel you on that one right so then uh most of the time when they had their little conversations, I would just sit there and listen because there's not much I could impart, you know? Um, And they'd be like, oh, Nate, what do you think about this? And then I'd be like, oh, blah, blah, Give them my typical Marine bullshit answer. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they'd be like, okay, why do you think like that? And I was like, that's just how we are, right? That that how we are is, you know, the whole thing that they see on TV, but it's it's over-dramatized by Hollywood. We're not right. jacked up as people think we are, but we are jacked up because we've initially been taught to push through the pain, right? Right. Push through, yeah. the, pain, push through the pain. So when it comes to wanting to, uh, I guess, talk to somebody, we felt that it is a sign of weakness for us. And that's just the men's perspective in whole, but it's, it's worsened in the military because they will straight rag you out for going to sit call right taking right. care of yourself so um yeah so i mean i got to know these dudes and they're good people right started hanging out outside of work you know having a beer or two here not gonna say how much i drank with them but having a beer or two here or there going to work and then eventually you know we became good friends 
But on the holidays, like now, they're like, hey, what are you doing? Well, I'm in, my family's in Florida. I'm here in Houston by myself. I didn't have family at the time besides knowing uh, my best friend's father and his family. So I let them do their thing or they invited me. And when I went there or went to these family gatherings that they had, I was extremely quiet. There's not much for me to talk about because at the end of the day, I'm missing a lot of homies, pour one out for them, you know, missing a lot of friends that can't be here with their family. And you start thinking about things like that. Like, what is my purpose? Why am I still here? Why am I the one that's alive right now? Why not me? You know? just why it's always a why going through that uh survivor's guilt and just asking asking a million and one questions on why you why are you still why am i still here what made them the uh i guess you can say in a sense yeah unlucky why am i why am i what did i do better to be here and it's it's, to people on the outside is gonna be like that's crazy bro you just survived like let it go you can't right so one of the holidays, I was um, I was out with my friends, and I got a phone call. And my prior uh, sergeant, uh, you know, prior squad leader, called me. He was like, "Hey, man, we lost another friend." And this person was held in high ravine by all command staff uh, out of two five. Um, this guy was just a great, a great marine all around, great friend, great marine. But the biggest thing about him was the fact that. He chose who he wanted to uh, bring under his wing. He chose who he wanted to be a part of his fold, right? Right. So the sergeant, um, Sergeant Ian Tani, he told me, he's like, Jackson, you, you've been one of the better Marines I've had, you know, around. I appreciate you. You're a good friend. When I get back, we're going to have beers together. He was uh, just transitioning over to the 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines to leave for another pump. Right. So... I want to say, I believe it was like a weekend country. Uh, they were in transport and his, uh, his transpro got, uh, blew up. Right. Right. So my sergeant called me that night or my prior sergeant. And he was like, Hey man, he's gone. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? And you can hear the pain, pain in his voice, bro. It was like somebody just stabbed him in the heart. And he was like, yo, Sergeant Tony's gone, bro. And, I immediately ordered like four more shots for myself. I had to like walk outside the bar. I had to leave. I walked home. I basically walked home from the bar. Yeah. And I was in complete shock. I was just gone. And it sent me down the rabbit hole once again, because I felt like I was doing better, but I really wasn't, you know? So it, it, people will never understand the only thing you could try to do, I guess the best thing I say, you, you'll never understand where we come from, but the best thing you can do is listen and just, you know, what advice can you give that individual? Well, we are here for a greater purpose. The purpose is to tell these stories of the people that paid the ultimate sacrifice. But the biggest thing is we're here for each other. The ones who are here now, who are living life and accomplishing great things like you are right. and with your clothing brand, those those things are look at look at the happiness is bringing to people that order from you and wear that proudly that's you but it, i know where that comes from so right. those of us who get down and out we have each other and we need to make sure that we're looking up each other and talking to each other because we are the ones that understand so we need to you know be a brother's keeper and hold each other you know and let it, let each other know that it's okay because 
we are all we got, even though we do have family. We are a, a different breed of family, and we just need to have each other's backs. And and that's what I think uh, is is the issue. Even with myself, bro, I, I feel so bad. Like I used to get phone calls from the bros that I served with, and I look at my phone, like especially when I first got out, because I was like, I look at my phone, and I'm like, I'll, I'll call them back later. I mean, like, I'll, I'll text him later, you know, and and go on about whatever it is that I was doing. And it's a lot of people. Uh, I had a buddy. He's actually over in Austin, you know, and he was he was one of my Marines. And I watched him go from uh, PFC to Corporal while I was still in. And uh, it's like he, he 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 ended up calling me or he'll end up texting me or he'll end up messaging me. And it's just like, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't respond and he was just like I thought you know you you moved on with life and he was like I just really sometimes he's like there are times where I just really needed to talk to you and hearing that and this was recent when he told me this and hearing that from him it was like damn I dropped the ball it was like I, I, I'm out here and I have my life situations going on and, and, and trying to move forward and I'm focused on myself but you know, it's like I, I seem to have forgotten about those who, you know, at some point in time looked up to me or, you know, cherished what we have, which is the brotherhood of being there for one another and helping each other out in, in, in times. And it's like, like you just said, people just need to have an ear, you know, open your ears and, and, and listening. And that really can most definitely help. I think Listening and and actually caring, especially if you're a civilian out there trying to understand what it is that we're going through, you will help way more than giving me some money out of your pocket and trying to do a temporary fix, you know, or, or, you know, oh, let me, you know, temporarily pay for this bill for you because I know you're having a hard time and and let me give you some money and, and, and take care. Yeah, that's a temporary fix. I appreciate it. Once somebody hands you that money, they turn around and they go somewhere else. You know, they leave and they might not be there for you anymore. So that's that's why I call it a temporary fix, because it's like, overall, I need you to listen to these stories on how I feel like this or why I keep waking up in the middle of the night or why I feel restless, you know, or, you know, about the pain that's in my leg and these 12 surgeries that I'm about to get ready to have. It's things like that. And I think one thing when it comes down to me is, is that the clothing and doing the t-shirts and the designs and getting all of that stuff together. I do it for, because yes, uh, I, I wanted to find another way of form of income, but the main focus is, is the response, bro. The response of like people sending me videos of them opening up their order and the big smiles on their face, because I just gave someone happiness for whatever it is, they could have had a rough day at work. Somebody could have gave them, especially when it's a veteran or law enforcement or first responder, seeing that they get that stuff and they open up and they they open it and they send me a video of them opening it and the smiles that are on their face. It may be, you know, they'll, they'll always be happy when they put it on and they say that they get a great response out of it from other people around them. And that sets off those endorphins in the body. And all of a sudden, you know, they feel good about themselves or they might wear it in a gym. And they're wearing it and they're working out in it and they're taking pictures and selfies in the fucking mirror and they're like, yeah, I look good. You know, it's <laughs> as funny as it sounds, but it's like those are the endorphins and things like that that people need to have released in the body 
and that will potentially make them feel a little bit better and that will beat the depression down and it will help with the anxiety and it helps me i don't do i know a lot of people who use uh teespring and with that they don't get to do the fulfillments they get a check or whatever it is an invoice at the end of the month or the pay period they get some money in the checking account but they don't get to do the fulfillment actually seeing their product go from point a to point b and then you know seeing the return on it which is a smiling face and that's really you know how i feel that's what helped me besides the constant conversations with uh my psychiatrist uh it just that's well not psychiatrist psychologist and i mean just being able to actually have that one-on-one conversation and it's like that's where the it takes a village comes in at as you and i just finished talking about you got to have that 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 communication with other people i talk to you you talk to me i talk to my girl i talk to my dad and i'm pretty sure you you have others that you talk to and i mean that allows me and that gives me the time to be able to vent to someone i mean i'm pretty sure my dad's tired of me blowing his phone up in the morning or late at night and trying to converse with him but it's like go ahead well for sure like in the police force here in houston houston man i'm texas makes up the military bro i i I can't get that out of my how much of texas makes up the military but i know bro (laughs) in houston uh where where i'm work you know hpd there are a multitude of veterans on the force, man. And right. I think that has made the job so much more worth it. Um, despite all the BS that we go through on a daily basis, right. there'd be from leadership down to the average civilian who just doesn't understand the law, the difference between civil law and criminal law and, and telling you that you don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, all right, whatever. But the, the brothers that I've made on the police force, man, they make it worth it right now because there's days where I'm just like, bro, I'm done, dude. I don't want to do it no more. <laughs> like, dude, I, I'm serious, man. I'll go get a yeah. 95, come home, be able to go to the gym. You know, my body, my body will feel good because I'm not carrying all this extra weight on me with the, with the 25 pound belt. But no, nah, man, they, they make it worth it every day. Right. Every every day we come into work, there's something new, and you're just like, bro, we already got enough paperwork. Or telling you, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. But you know, that's 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 the backlash from today's society. You know. Right. But you know, we just reach out to each other. The veterans that I talk to, man, they have it. You know, they go through it. You know, I I, I try to be there for them as much as possible. So. You know, definitely, man. You just have to have the, you know, that flock that you fly with, man. And Most definitely. Out. That's that. That's that village, bro. But I mean, when it comes down to it, the uh, what was I about to say? The um, the the we miss the uh, the Marine Corps not because of the Marine Corps, but more of because of the Marines, the people we spent time with on deployment and the people that we spent time with in the field for me it was 29 palms where i froze my ass off in the winter sweat my ass off in the summer bro it was i I, i'm a i'm a country boy from south georgia and when i woke up going from uh lejeune to la which i was happy about it landed in lax and was like damn seeing all these lights and stuff 
to going to the USO to get on a doggone bus, falling asleep and waking up in the middle of a desert at four o'clock in the morning when the sun rises. I'm like, man, it's for like four or five. I don't know. Fuck it. But either way, you know, my combat instructors lied to me more than my damn recruiter did. <laughs> so it's like, you know, because they were, they were like, yeah, you going to 29 Palms? I said, hey, you know, little PFC. I said, hey, Sergeant, like, uh, you know, I was like, I really don't want to go to 29 Palms. I was hoping to be a, I wanted to be a, a combat engineer, bro. I just wanted to take some C4 and blow some shit up. Right. So he was like, ah, oh, you got stuck with, with, with radio operator. You, you going to uh, comm school, like 29 Palms. I was like, all right, well, it's my shot to go to California. Let's roll. So end up rolling, meeting up on one of them and just saying, you know, Sergeant, like a little, little wet behind the ear ass boot. I was like, so what can I do when I get to 29 Palms? And he was like, oh, well, you can... You can go to TJ and you can go to, to, to Mexico and and uh, go down there. You can have all the drinks. And he told me about Hong Kong and all of that and pretty much just selling me a dream. Price of it, you know, everything that's down there. And he was like, oh, you can go to San Diego and you can do this and they going to love you in L.A. and so on and so on. And man, I got over there and I didn't do none of that shit till I hit the fleet. Like I didn't, I didn't go anywhere until I hit the fleet, bro. The, the, the comm school, MOS school was a complete drag until I got my first vehicle. Because mind you, once I got out of out of comm school, I went straight to 311 and mm-hmm. stayed with 311. I, I, I made a left face from comm school and went down the street, and and it was just it was a pain, bro. And and I and even then, now that I think about it, it was like. I questioned my whole existence and everybody says that, oh man, I joined the Marine Corps and, 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 and I felt like it was the worst mistake I ever made. I, I felt like, how the hell did I get on this bus? You know, you heard people say that when they leave and they go stand on them yellow footprints, but shit for me, I was like, yeah, I'm finally a Marine. But then once I got a 29 pounds, I was like, man, how the hell, what the fuck am I doing here? Dog? I'm country. I speak different than everybody else. And, and I carry myself in a totally different way and i'm over here but then i started meeting more people that was from the south and 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 folks that talked like me and and uh they my ncos were from i had an ceo from uh from alabama and he he helped me through it and that's what we need on the outside we need those same types of people that helped us through you know during our time in the marine corps and military what have you we need that on the outside to help us through life and but we have to also pay that around we just can't take 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 there has to be a time where we have to give and that's where that village most definitely come in it takes that whole village and that tribe to be able to push forward just like how we used in boot camp during the crucible but i feel like a lot of us we end up feeling like we don't have that that brotherhood and that connection like how we once had you know we get out here i'm a i'm i'm one isolated ass individual bro i'd be by myself uh in the house you know chilling i'll call and talk to some of my friends or i'll go and hang out but then at the same time i I used to be like i'm trying to chill i'm a hermit crab right now later on if i want to go out i'll go out but now it's like i got i'm living in the house with uh pretty much started a, a, another family, you know, a part of a family in, in that came with a package deal, my girl and her son. And now it's like, I have to adapt to that. And, you know, it, it kind of, it was tough dog. Cause it was like, uh, I didn't get to, you know, I couldn't go and hang out with, with, uh, with, with my boys for a while 
because I had to work on this new chapter in my life, which is building a family and later on trusting them with, you know, things that I've been through and, and, and hoping that they accepted, which they have, because I've had my uh, my fits in my time. And man, Amanda is most definitely stuck right there beside me through it all. And it's a blessing and a half. And that's what that's where that tribe once again comes in at. I know you got your little your little your little man that you're always rolling with. Yeah, I mean, my son has been the biggest blessing uh, to me in my life. They always say children are they are a blessing. You don't feel like it when you are a child and your parents is whooping the skin off of you. However, peeling the skin <laughs> off your back, boy. <laughs> uh, nah, man, my son is, my son is great, dude. He he keeps a smile on my face. He, he's growing, um, and and. You know, he carries a weight that he'll never understand, which is the fact that um, he has saved me in a, in a, right. in a big way. Right. And I will never express that to him just because of the fact he does it. It's not for him to know. Right. Right. At this point, maybe when he gets a lot older and we began to have those father son beer talks, you know, right. but um, he has saved me a lot. And all, all that darkness that I've gone through, you know, I think about that worst case scenario. And the biggest thing for me is, you know, I don't want to leave this planet just yet because I want to see where he ends up. I want to see the man he's going to become. Right. Well, I have drive right now to be around for him. And it has given me a, a new purpose. And it's fun. It's great. He plays basketball. He plays all these sports. He keeps me active. He makes me laugh, man. And that's the biggest thing. So I understand what, you know, you have for your relationship. And, you know, that's great. So, you know, some days he'll be like, Dad, I want to be a cop. I'm like, you can do, you can do better than that. He goes, okay, I want to be a Marine. I was like, you can do better than that, too. Do Bro, something mine else. Too. <laughs> do something else. Like, Go ahead and do something else. And it's not because I don't want him to do it. We know where it takes us mentally, right? Right. You could, if you're going to be like me, I know what you're going to pick. I know who you are. I know you're my child. And I know that you're going to try to emulate everything I do. So we know mentally where that job takes us. I would never want to see my child go through that. But if you pick it, just know that I'm here and I understand everything. I do. So, right. yeah, man. So I say like for us right now, the, what's been helping me, uh, some of the guys we get together, we'll go shoot at the range and have some beers. It's just like being back in, in field training, you know, um, having bonfires and just like legit, bro, howl at the moon. I'm Be wild, jealous, bro. I'm serious, man. <laughs> Be wild, dude. Get a bonfire with your boys if you have the opportunity to. Or just your family. Roast some yeah. marshmallows. Howl at the moon, man. Let it go. Just be wild. Let all that emotion and, just roll off you. And it feels But great. see, but see, Nate, that's what I miss, bro, because I'm not I haven't I'm in I'm in California and I mean the land of wildfires is what it should really be called. And it's like, I, I don't even get that that chance, that opportunity that much to be able to do those things unless I go, you know, camping, desert, whatever, what have you. And that's what I really miss, what you just said. I mean, this place, I love it because this is where I've sprouted and, and I've seen everything flourish and grow. 
But one thing that I remember about being back home, just being in the South period is that I am able to, I could go to the woods and, you know, pull out a firearm, set up a target, send some rounds down range. And I think <clears throat> even now, yeah, I could probably still do the same damn thing. Nothing's holding me back, except uh, I got a family in COVID right now. And it's like, that's where a lot of uh, the problems are at this moment is just that COVID, this whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, it seems like we about to hit a part two of it because uh, I guess Joe Biden has high hopes. I don't know what's going to play out on January the 6th, but you know, um, he keeps saying that our dark days are ahead of us, not behind us. And I'm like, nigga, I'm, excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, do you do you know something that I don't know, bro? Because uh, I mean, y'all just rolled out this vaccination. The government just rolled out a vaccination, and you know, I mean, they they gave us, they signed off on the little crumbs that uh, President Trump said that he's not signing off on, which is good because the the American people most definitely don't need six hundred dollars. We need way more than that. Especially I mean, if the rest of the world. How is gender gender studies uh, uh, COVID relief? It's not. Uh, it's not. I don't even know where that even came from. That shit does not fall under COVID relief whatsoever. And if, but the thing is, let me tell you something, Nate. Since we, <laughs> since we got off everything else, bro, let me tell you something. If if they want to do gender studies, then they need to do gender studies here in the United States of America, and not be worried about what everybody else doing and how they doing gender studies. I don't care about I care about it, but at the same time, I don't care about it unless it has something to do with these United States and these 330 million people that live within them. Now, everything else, that's somebody else problem. And I and I had this conversation with my pops. Uh, I want to say it was yesterday, bro. I was like, you know, I got a problem with the fact that we still sitting here trying to fix the rest of the world's problems that we can't even fix our own. And he's like, well, it depends on, you know, what they're trying to fix. And I said, when's the last time we had a pandemic where it shut down most of the country? Damn near, well, it shut down all of the country and then the country opened back up and then selected states made a decision to shut back down. And I said, when, when have we had this happen, you know, during our time frame and he's like we haven't yeah exactly it was what the the the, the spanish flu or whatever you know 1914 or whatever that one was i'm you know i'm not a historical buff history buff but it was one of those and that's when you know everything went bad and even then we were not trying to solve the rest of the world's problems because we were still trying to fix our own and you know the world wasn't as populated as it is right now and it's like everybody else has to figure out their stuff as we try and figure out our stuff because trying to figure out gender studies, bring in other people to work when we don't even have our own folks back to work is just not, you know, I mean, business. Bro, it's, it's, been, it's been handled so poorly. And I don't want to get on the politics because I don't want to offend nobody, but I really don't yeah. care how you feel. Um, yeah. You realize that we have put mom and pop stores into the ground. We have run mom and pop restaurant. I wouldn't. I don't want to say we. It's not us, but they can't make a living. They have poured their heart and soul into their business. But you can't catch COVID in the grocery store. Y'all are in the same aisle 
not even six feet apart, reaching for the same thing of noodles. But that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you you tell me I can't catch COVID at a grocery store. I can't catch COVID, and, and now the the athletes are allowed to sweat on each other for almost an hour. But at the end of the regulation of the game, they can't give each other a handshake. Tell me where that don't make no dang sense. That's what I heard. I heard that too, man. And I, I don't know, you know, as far as even, you know, how true that is, especially something, someone uh, for a wrestling match. I got to look that up. If anybody know, uh, hit me up on the gram and tell me what it was, but they can wrestle, but they couldn't shake hands or something like that. I'm like, what is, what is that really about? You know, like that's just completely insane. Like this is, I'm talking collegiate wrestling, like Roman Greco. And it's like, I don't understand it to the sense of what are we doing to our country right now? Why are we, I'm just going to be honest, shitting on the small stores and the small restaurants while everyone else is continuously growing Target, Walmart, you know, the, the, the big dogs, Costco, Sam, all of that, like those who are international. Mm-hmm. You know, it, national and international, because, I mean, Walmart's in other places. I mean, you know, they have other they've purchased other companies outside of the U.S. that falls under it. And it's like they, they're all over the place. Amazon's got jets that can fly all over the damn world. You know what I mean? And they're still holding if, it if down. That was, if that was such a big deal, man. I mean, what did New Zealand do? They made everybody stay at home, but they paid them to stay at home. They were getting six, yeah. 600 a week. You know, yeah. who are old enough to work, that were working, that were on papers for working, were getting 600 a week until it all blew over, right? Okay, right. I get it. We're bigger than New Zealand. We're much bigger than New Zealand, but we are we are richer than New Zealand, right? Wait, Why can't we do the same thing here? Minus, you know, obviously doctors, law enforcement, medical, all of that stuff. You know, everyone, the, the, the key fact, I hate using essential personnel because everyone's essential. If you have a job, you're essential. You're essential to your family. You're essential no matter what your job title is. So don't let right. them take that away from you. But everyone that played a role in that, it, I think it was poorly handled. And I mean, I'm not, you know, the greatest mind on the planet, but we could have we could have done the same thing. And then for you to sit here and draw up this covid relief act that has nothing to do with covid and then go at the bottom yes <gasps> they they only deserve 600 one time payment of 600 dollars oh that, you peasants that's barely someone's car note that's uh, rent for some people bro but if i would have california, hey, california that pays maybe a third of your rent come on man uh, yeah, it may be a third, bro. If I looked at the rent lady, the, the uh, housing lady, and said, hey, um, I got these 600 bones. You going to take them and let me get an extra 30 days? She would have looked at me and was like, yeah, I mean, you get an extra 30 days. I mean, and then here, but here go that 30-day here- notice. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know here in Texas, they can't uh, because of the COVID thing. They, you, ha- you have to do your paperwork, but they just can't evict you be- because you're late. You know, COVID. Oh, no, nah, cool. they can't. They can't evict you because you're late. You're absolutely right about that. So, However, you know, you still just, get that. It's get really that sad that it's really sad that they that they stood up and was like, this looks amazing. I know it's going to pass. This is this is great. I got it. We $600, but we're giving them this much. All right. Cool bet. You people fail to realize that 
these, these are, you know, people in the Senate that are coming up with this bill or whatever, you know, they've been in politics their whole life and they continuously grant themselves a, a, a pay increase every year. Right. So they're millionaires. Most of people became billionaires overnight because at the head of COVID, what did they do? They sold their socks. All right, cool. Now they're billionaires. But then they want to sit here and tell us how to manage our money. Like, we're making the same amount as you. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Pelosi got seven. What? How much were those refrigerators she got in her house? She's got like three of them, and she's trying to tell me how to manage my money. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, is that they, they've been in politics for so long, and, and then now they sitting here and they telling us, you know, how to manage our money and what we can do with $600 and when somebody makes too much money. You know, they can't have this or they can't have that. That's not fair. That's not fair. It angered me for a minute because my uh, my lady is a, a stylist. She owns a salon mm-hmm. and her salon sits entire inside of she has a suite. The suite sits inside of another building that somebody else owns. So and the person that owns that building, the, the whole property is owned by somebody else. So it's like when they say the top head says, hey, you got to close. There is no there's no fighting back on that one. Like how most of these people are. I saw a video. I keep forgetting the guy's name. I don't even really want to throw it out there. He's a nice dude. And I, I respect him 100 percent. But he was on the video. He was calling people cowards. He's like, if you close your business down because the health department says that they're going to take your license. I don't remember the last time I walked into a restaurant and said, hey let me order a taco and then also where's your business license like of course not however you don't want to run that risk of uh the state board coming into your salon and saying hey you know you can't work anymore we got to close this down and that being the end of it and then all of a sudden you slap with a fine and then you slap with another fine and then there goes everything that you really have and that's what happens and my but my problem with that is the people who work for these state boards and health departments and so on who know what's going on and know what people are going through why can't they just come in and say hey uh you need to follow these covid guidelines you need to fix this you need to fix that and you know just say that i came by here if some you know kind of kind of help someone out kind of throw a bone is what i, I really want to say at. i wish i had the answer and i think i know the answer and it's about the lining of the pockets my brother i feel like people get they get paid to do their job but we're gonna shut it down you're gonna get paid a little bit more but at the end of the day you're gonna have an option are you going to force it or you're not? Because we can get somebody to replace you. And right now, I don't think you need to lose your job because you have a family, right? Nobody wants to be out on their ass. Like, so it's a horrible feeling. So it most definitely is. But, bro, I mean, would you be able to go to bed at night morally? You know what I mean? Go to bed at night knowing that you just went and helped shut somebody's business down. And uh, let's just say a restaurant. Me personally, restaurant. Yeah, not at all. I, I don't. I don't think I could do it. But it's happening, and it's happening you, everywhere. Right, everywhere, and it's sad. And people were like I said, they're losing their homes, their livelihood, the the you know the love in the family is probably cooling off right now because they're at each other's necks about how they're going to get money to do certain things. That money was probably helping pay the mortgage for their home that they can't pay right now. You know, all these big businesses and everything, they got millions of bailout dollars. But what about the people? What about the people that make the business what it is? 
And that is the, that is the yeah. key thing. We did not, I didn't say we again, the people were not taken care of. Right? right. So a business cannot flourish without the people who make it flourish, without the people doing the dirty work behind the scenes. Right. They're spitting in their face, and that's happened all over America. So I'm, uh, I, I feel you, bro. I'm really pissed off with this little, this COVID relief bill that they drafted up overnight. It seems. Uh, but I feel like trapped. they had that motherfucker. I feel like they had that motherfucker waiting. It was five thousand pages. They had that waiting. They knew what they were gonna throw out there. They knew it. No they knew that. Who was gonna read five thousand pages? Five two 000. hours to read it. When <laughs> two hours to read it. But even more so, I saw a meme. Uh, this this one dude had put out and said. It said, "Bring Trump back because this new motherfucker broke." So, <laughs> so I went, to, I went to howling because I mean, you know, we got those twelve hundred dollar checks, which which absolutely helped, especially when it came down to rent. And I'm hoping that you know these two thousand dollars and and whatever else they end up throwing out, and hopefully they will make the decision both left and right because I at this point I'm really not messing with you know Republicans and I and I, I mean I, I was uh, I'm independent as you and I have had this conversation before especially when it comes down to libertarians but it's like uh, or being a libertarian but it's like I'm really not I'm not rocking with the Republican side right now at this moment because they acting like they don't know how to say uh, no and you know democrats stuck all some of that stuff in there and then the republic did you know that they threw a 1.4 i think it was 1.4 million dollar three martini tax or something like that in there and i'm just like yeah it's like they're trying to get whenever they take these lobbyists out to be able to order an alcoholic beverage you know before you had to keep those off of the, the 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 receipt whenever you filed your taxes and shit now they wanted to be on there so they did like a one point something million dollar whatever or another to be able to cover that and that to me it just it's time for new leadership because that has absolutely once again jacked shit to do with covid relief and that's where the problem is so the biggest covid relief thing that could ever happen is just saying go back to i mean either we shut the country down as a whole and do what these other countries have done as far as paying people to stay at home Pay them yep. properly, right? Right. Uh, <clears throat> you have our taxes from last year. Go off of that. Okay. Right. So you would know how much that person needs to make on average. Right. If not, I can understand the 600 or 700 a week per person who is working, of age of working, uh, is getting some type of funds. But if, if we're not going to do that, do the COVID guidelines. Hey, you got to make sure the person sanitized for the enter your store, check their, check their temperature, ask them a little dumb question. Have you been in contact? You know, have you traveled outside the city or outside the country? Yeah. Yeah. And let yeah. them make their money and go back to their lives. Cause right now you're Pretty killing much. You're killing, killing it. it. If they would, I feel like if they would have did that in the beginning, we may have been. They don't do it at the grocery place. store. You, they do not do it at the grocery store. You walk, you not park, anymore. you get out and you walk straight in. Now tell me how is that COVID guidelines? I just have to wear a mask to walk into the grocery store? Bro, I'm telling you right now, I caught COVID and I wore a mask. I washed my hands. Dog, I used to, because when when we were, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, if you caught pink eye, we, I know shit, used to put hand sanitizer in my eye. I know how dumb that probably sounds, but I used to do it and it actually helped. It burnt like a motherfucker. So, <laughs> um... 
but my biggest thing is is like i used uh hand sand hand sand i used to put it on my face dog just to try it i don't know i used to do whatever i felt like was necessary to kill whatever germs that i could have possibly had as well as keep a mask on stay six feet away from people and i still caught it nate i still caught it dog so you know what i'm saying but um i just i don't know and i hope soon to be able to uh get answers i don't know if i'm going to take the first dose of uh vaccines i might wait a little while speaking of the vaccines have you seen what's been happening to the people that has been getting it yeah dog i most definitely have that's why i said i don't think i'm gonna be taking the first one <laughs> i ain't taking that shit it's like an iphone bro you gotta wait till that first gen starts getting them bugs fixed before you buy one dog definitely i mean people have been take getting the vet or these nurses or whatnot or people who volunteer their life for tribute fucking yeah. <laughs> get the vaccination and they have to go under immediate care because it's killing them like Y'all okay yeah, yeah. with that? Nah, bro, I'm good. You know, bro, I'm, I'm telling you, nine point five percent survivability rate. I'm gonna keep rocking that. I'm gonna keep going with that right there. I survived. I, I am a COVID nineteen survivor. You can't beat this virus. Don't be afraid. Take your vitamins and your and keep your six feet and stop going out and doing dumb shit and put a mask on and don't get too drunk and say, hey, I'm gonna take my mask and my shirt off. Don't do that. Just just be safe, man. I feel like we follow the guidelines. We'll be smooth. I mean, that's what we should have did in the beginning versus shutting everybody down. You start you start telling people what to do and how they're going to live. They're going to rebel and go against it. But if you say, hey, you can stay open, keep your mask on, follow the guidelines, I feel like it might just it might just work out. Maybe, maybe. But I'm starting uh, we right here. So my last thing that I want to say that I took away from this is uh, – besides covid is that uh you know it takes a village once once again and uh i hate to really i i have to say it but uh suicide doesn't just affect the veteran family it affects the entire community you know um a lot of us didn't do anything to those who make that decision but however we are here to help and it just breaks us all down kind of going through that and dealing with the fact that we might lose a brother or sister so if you're listening to this, please make sure that you uh, reach out to your family members, find somebody that you can just get on the phone with and talk all your problems out with. And and I know COVID is a pain in the ass and you can't really go see anybody. However, go to a park and sit six feet away from that person and carry on a conversation. I see these old people in the McDonald's parking lot as I'm riding a Chick-fil-A, you know, except for on Sunday to get my number one and eliminate. And... Uh, <laughs> that's that Kanye verse and uh, I see them every morning sitting over there every afternoon they'll sit up on their tree and they'll be six feet away from these old guys and they'll be sitting over there having their coffee and carrying on the conversation and reading the newspaper and it's like they're they're doing what they can they're following the guidelines and they're trying to stay healthy and and safe at the same time and I just see them sitting over there I mean some of them have their Trump hats on and they just be smiling away and I'm just like, that's awesome. I see it at the parks a lot, people doing that. And I was like, that's awesome. And it was like, you don't have to let this control you. Be safe. Don't be, you know, crazy with it. I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. Live your life. We only get one life to live. And right now we're going through a very tough time um, as far as everyone as a whole, America as a whole. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't be fear mongered into stepping out and smelling some fresh air, you know. 
Um, take care of your family. Take care of yourself. As far as the brothers and sisters who have served in any aspect and any person that listens to this, if you're going through depression, do not be afraid to talk. Do not be afraid to reach out because you will be surprised how many lifelines there are out there. Um, That's right. You and I have recently lost a friend that was very near and dear to our hearts. Right, right. We're not going to get into that, but, you know, it, it affects us. And we talk about it. We can always talk about it. So, right. you know, give me a, give me, hit me up whenever. I mean, we're always in contact with each other, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, we're the ones talking about it and we go through it. And that's my right. message to anyone that's listening. So we all handle depression our way, whether it be going to the gym, whether it be going to the shooting range, whether you're drawing, whether, you know, poetry, anything that gives you that escape, explore it, explore other escapes. Uh, right. But at the end of the day, communicate. So I got Most definitely communicate. All right, brother. Well, Nate, man, it's, it, it, it most definitely was a pleasure having you rock with me one more time and, and roll out and speak to everybody. Uh, this episode will most definitely be up tonight or early tomorrow morning. Um, be sure, once again, swing by the website, pick you up a tea, decal, uh, patch, whatever. And uh, be sure to call your family members. Let them know that you care about them and uh, reach out to someone that you haven't spoken to that's from the squad. Let them know. Squad leader, platoon, whatever, that boot that you used to pick on, give them a call. Send them a text message and, you know, say Merry Christmas, or Happy New Year. And make sure that, you know, the tribe, you know, flourishes and, and takes care of one, one another. It most definitely takes a tribe and I don't care. They can hit me up. Follow me on Instagram. Send me a message. I talk to everyone and I respond to all of my messages unless it's something dumb or somebody from another country trying to sell me some shit. So <laughs> with that being said, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And we're going to be bringing more podcasts through. Nate's going to be back. I'm going to be here. D-Rudd probably will be back. He's been busy as hell out here. And uh, we're just going to keep this rolling. Anything else you want to tell them before we got to go, bro? Please, please, please do not drink and drive this holiday season. Uber, uh, Lyft, taxi. I know they're kind of outdated like the pay phone right now. But please, I mean, you, you're worth more than what you think. Just Uber, get, get a ride, put your keys down, have all the fun. But at the end of the day, uh, what was what was what was that card we used to get in the Marine Corps? The Arrive Alive, Arrive, the Arrive Alive, Alive card. Yeah, y'all use that. Arrive Alive. There's somebody first sergeant right now giving out Arrive Alive cards with with Uber discounts and shit on it. So, <laughs> but it's needed. yeah, for real, man. You don't. It's needed. Yeah, yeah. Go have fun, blow off the steam, but get home safely. Just get home, get home safely to live to see another day. All right, yes, this sir. is once again JT, and that's my boy Nate. And uh, thank you all. God bless and be safe. Peace. Salute.